This episode is brought to you by RLS Services, Inc. With over 18 years of experience in the New England region, RLS provides carpentry, windows, doors, and flooring installations. For more information on your next home or business project, call for a free quote at 508-654-8668. Again, 508-654-8668. Thank you, RLS Services. Hello, you beautiful people. My name is Davi Vieira. I'm joined by Abe and Charlie Maderos. Welcome to the Redox Cinema Podcast. And for today's episode, we are going to be covering episode seven, Driftmark. But again, before we get into all of that, how are you boys doing today? We are doing all right. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. But this week's taken like two years. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But we're excited to talk about this episode because I think it's the best one so far. That's why. It's because yeah. that episode was good. So now it's like, dang, you got to wait like yeah. a whole week for the next one. It feels like or like longer. two years. Yeah. You know? And it's getting colder. So, you know, that yeah. adds an effect. We're not seeing the sun as much anymore. Yeah, it's weird because the, is... the days get shorter, shorter, quote unquote. But like these times where it starts to get dark a little bit early, I feel like the day takes forever because yeah. like yeah. it feels like nighttime is so much longer. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. Yeah, but... yesterday it was like seven o'clock and our, it felt like it was 11. Yeah, it's weird. And I was like, oh, I want to go to bed. It was too early. So then I forced myself to watch The Crown. Oh yeah, I which I'm late on, but oh, you started really good. Yeah, I'm yes. almost done with season one. Good. Yes, I love that show. Great. I yeah. think it's the best show. On I'm watching Better Call Saul right now. Oh, I have to start. I, that. Get on that. I heard it's a great yeah. show. Yeah, but yeah, re- that's uh, that's the summary of my week. But I'm looking forward to episode. What episode are we on? This eight is seven. Will be the next episode one? seven. We're going into eight. Okay. There's looking 10 forward total, to right? yes. Yeah. Looking forward to episode eight because seven is finally, I think, what everybody like was waiting for. You know, in this, uh, like, I know every week I don't think we've, we've been seen anything yet. No, I know, I know. Just... But I, I'm saying, like, in terms of like the tension building, every week we we come in here and we talk on the podcast. We're like, oh, this finally is starting to feel like Game of Thrones. Blah blah blah. blah whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. This is now solidified game of thrones like yeah. from episode seven in my opinion and we we got a a, a snapshot on whose side is on like what how, what houses are on each side yeah we clearly know what the two factions are and how it's going to separate yeah and and the thing that i just want to mention briefly and we can probably talk about this deeper later on in the episode too is i feel almost as if it's gonna become like uh like factions like yeah, certain people are going to root for House, uh, like the the side of House Targaryen with Alicent and uh, Viserys, and some people are going to be rooting for Rhaenyra and her kids. Like, I think it's split, and mm-hmm. and it's going to become like this uh, this feud of two houses, and yeah. you're either going to be Team, you know, Alicent or Team Rhaenyra, yeah. and it is separated like that. And there yeah. is there is a name for both of them. I don't know what the names are, but we'll find. Yeah. If you're uh, uh, the, if you read the book, you know what it what it is. Mm, interesting, yeah. but yeah, it's two names separated within one house. Yeah, and I think they're going to give us reasons to love and hate both sides. I think it was already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it is already there. But <laughs> I think see. it's going to intensify, and you're going to be torn as to who you want to root for. At least that's how that's how I would have done it mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I was writing yeah. the way it is right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far loving it. Yeah. All right. Starting with this episode. All right. We we start. They're in Driftmark, and it's the funeral for uh, Lady Lena. Yep. And off the bat, you can already tell the tension is it's going to pick up. You can tell when this we get the first shot of this episode, we know, okay, this is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, something you knew coming in, something needs to happen to solidify this show. And I felt like this, this was the episode. All right, so we're having a funeral, and... Um, it's already being shown like Rhaenyra's kids are like, yo, we shouldn't even be here. I don't know why the heck we're here. We see the dynamics between the cousins, the little ones. And we see, um, we just see a, a very depressed house yeah, who are grieving and they're grieving. It's like tense and yeah. awkward. It's super awkward. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, one thing I want to, I want to point out is you can tell, um, 
that there was there was going to be a downfall coming and um you knew something was going to happen but um all right so we progress and we see that um uh Rhaenyra's husband what's his name oh my gosh uh Laner yeah Laner he's um he's he's all over the place and um he's like that dad who left for milk but like he keeps coming exactly back yeah like every, every couple of months it comes back and you're like oh damn i have a dad yeah <laughs> so that's who he is so with that happening i'm like bro what is going on with this guy like it, it, he's grieving obviously but um you can just tell uh, there's there's something weird here and that was the, the beginning of this episode but um what were you guys feeling i mean the first act of this of the show of this episode specifically i mean like i said you, the tension was definitely there and like the awkwardness it was like very silent slow like shots just showing people like in their own corner doing their own thing and not really like i don't know conversing with one another or really like i don't know it just felt like um it didn't really feel like there was much emotion involved in this funeral yeah. except for you know her immediate family mm -hmm. obviously her daughters were crying like bawling their eyes out the father was upset every like all that stuff but uh everybody else just it, it didn't really seem like they cared maybe. yeah i i had a different perspective i think this funeral brought up a lot of different emotions maybe they weren't all mourning this person that died but the repercussions of lena dying like causes a bunch of different emotions yeah. like we see damon like acting like kind of despondent and almost like he doesn't care we saw that um and it's almost like because for him things were going kind of well and it went to shit so it's like mm -hmm. all of a sudden something changed for him and it's almost like comical at this point right yeah. he's like uh i'm the i'm the younger brother i don't have a, near, a claim to the throne i was basically banished um you know i finally had a you know, wife kids whatever you know we talk a little bit about that later with his rela relationship with rhaenyra but like he he was doing well and then all of a sudden like it kind of like all like drops and and dies like he doesn't have a kid um his kid dies and his wife dies and now it's just like funny to him yeah and then you have the tension for Rhaenyra's kids mm -hmm. because people are more and more now giving the claims of like okay they're bastards and the reason why that comes up is because they have to figure out now who are going to be the heirs to Driftmark and since those kids are supposed to be Valarians, like people start talking about that, but obviously people know they're bastards. Mm -hmm. So now those kids are like nervous. They feel like anxious and they are very, um, you know, they, they don't, they, they feel so out of place. Um, and then it's, it's this like really weird tension that you feel for everybody because of not necessarily they're everyone's sad about who died, but like, okay, this has some repercussions now that people are going to talk about and the wheels are going to start to turn. Yeah, no, I think everyone is sad for different reasons mm -hmm. in that because you have Rhaenyra's kids who are mourning essentially their father's death. You have Rhaenyra who's, who's also mourning both as well. You have Alicent who's coming off that whole train where she most, well, her, her little her little playboy right there you know inserted everything and started it so she's probably worried about that and seeing Aegon's dynamic and Otto Hightower is back as well and you see that Otto is taking a look at Aegon and all of his moves so you just see tension but also mourning but for different reasons as well so I thought that was was cool to to, to see those dynamics uh play but um you brought you brought up um talking about Driftmark and how uh, Rhaenyra's kids are going to take up the air um, and Lord Coyle is going up to them and being like, yo, like, this is like, this is what you're born for. Like, mm -hmm. this is what you got to do. Yeah. And him and this and her kids being like Luke and Jay's being like, eh, I'm not really feeling that, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, eh, I'm good. And then um, him making a, a speech like, oh, it's all about Valarian and Targaryens and being like true to your family. And then you can clearly see that he was taking a stab at Rhaenyra and his, and her kids. And that was interesting because that was when Damon laughed. And at first, I didn't understand why he was laughing. But from my perspective, I was understanding that the reason why he was laughing was he was trying to take distraction away from that situation of everyone questioning if Rhaenyra's kids are actually um, uh, Sir Laner's kids. That's interesting that you say that now. I think I have to watch it back and find out. But to me, it's almost like maybe he's almost egging it on. 
Because, you know, oh, Damon, he yeah. likes chaos. Mm-hmm. So, like, if someone is saying, like, it's all about strengths between Valarians and Targaryens, and then he's, like, laughing because he's, you know, psychotic. His wife just died, and he's like, eh, well, you know, her kids aren't actually, you know, uh, they're actually bastards. So, like, yeah. maybe he's laughing to stir shit up. And yeah. I think I have to watch it back now that you mentioned because I remember the moment, but I can't remember the context enough to try yeah. to decide mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, it was. I was. I questioned it. I went back and I rewatched it. He takes because, from from my interpretation, the way I watched it was that when the, the camera cut to him, he took he took a look at the kids and then took a look at Corliss and then laughed. So I was like, is he trying to take distraction away from that? Like, and then you're, or is he trying to egg it on? Like you said, I, yeah. It, it I think like... it's because he's trying to. He feels bad for the kids and he's like, you know what? Let me take all the attention and put that to me, so y'all don't got to worry about that. Mm. But I could be, you know, the reason why is because of the implications that hap- that happen later. You know, that's why I'm thinking like that. Because yeah. I think he has a lot of love for Rainier's kids. I think it's interesting because, you know, I feel like Damon's still such a wild card. Like, I have, I still have exactly. no idea about his character. I still feel like we don't truly know his intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you can look at him and be like, dang, okay, like, maybe he is a good guy, even though he's kind of messed up in other ways. Yeah. But then sometimes you're like, okay, like... I, I really can't tell. Like, you might just be, you might just love chaos. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. So, we head up. It's the night. Aegon is freaking hammered. Yeah. He's drinking the whole funeral. <laughs> Kid's like, what, 16? Yeah. He's 17. Maybe um, I think he's, la- yeah. I think he's younger. Less. I don't know how, I don't know how young he is, but he's young. Man is, he's bla- a prince. He can, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Otto Hightower is like, brother, what are you doing? Watch out for yourself because you don't know what can happen. Um, and that's interesting because I feel like Otto is always, he's always scheming. Mm. And from there you can tell it's like, bro, people are always going to be talking and you have to watch out. So you can see that he's he's being like, yo, get out of here and figure yourself out. Mm-hmm. And then we fast forward and we have um, Rainier and Damon have their conversation. But all while that is happening, um, Amond decides to go on a joyride. Yeah, <laughs> but before we get to Amon's uh, that conversation and very dark um, from what we were seeing, right? We could barely see it. If yeah, I could barely <laughs> see the scene. It was so dark. Was I'm sure so many people at home were like, "Yo, what is?" It? Charlie literally was like, "What is on the TV right now?" I saw a TikTok where the girl had a flashlight pointed at her TV so she could see oh it my better. God, this I was like, "What oh are you doing?" Girl. Yeah. Dude, you on an OLED? I no, I saw it was dark. I saw the see, but I was able to see it perfectly. But the okay. thing with OLED, there's banding, and I've yeah, yeah, yeah I've explained sure. to you what banding is. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. so you can see you yeah. can see lines, right? But you can see the you were able yeah. to see the. the it was scene definitely perfect. dark though. Like I, we, I was watching with Abe, and I was like squinting. I was like, "What the hell was it? Why is it so dark?" Like uh, that's one of the create. They 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 came out with a statement saying it was a creative artistic choice no, whatever no throw it that's away. what they said but like <laughs> keep it <laughs> a lot of this show is really dark that was the like, worst yeah. one really it's that dark. it's the that director far the worst it's the director what's um one of the showrunners the one who left the I one want, who left he always directs dark episodes i want to know look, if, he's if the you look at the, the uh, at his resume in game of thrones yeah he's always directed the dark episodes yeah i want to know if he did the the episode with the the night king that uh the the really dark one the the big battle in ep- in season oh eight yo i winterfell yeah yeah uh i want to know if he directed that one because people were complaining that that one was too dark back then that was and worse. so i think th- that th- one this is worst. by far worse but That's like th- thankfully enough there's not really much going on they're just walking on the beach and talking mm-hmm. you know yeah. so uh, I'll, I'll i'll give it that i'll yeah. give it a pass for it was that. a it was a catch-up yeah and more of like yo yo i'm grown now rainier is basically saying yo i'm grown like we gotta figure this out because everyone seems to be attacking me and like she essentially says, "Yo, I need your help," mm-hmm. and that's what I got from it. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was. I felt like it was a cry for help, but also being like, "Yo, I've always loved you, and I've always thought about you, and I hope you feel the same way." And I think Damon also felt the same way to her. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I I had questioned before whether or not Damon's intention. Well, I think I still I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think you can try to see the case where. Damon does have feelings for Rhaenyra and they are genuine and he does care about her because he really hasn't cared about anybody else by himself. Maybe his kids a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really even seen that dynamic at all. Um, so that that's sorry for cutting you off. But that's interesting. That you bring that up because um, there was a scene that they cut off from episode six 
where they were going to go into that dynamic and show his love for his kids. Interesting. But they cut it off. That's so stupid. Which yeah, I thought was so was, stupid for them to really do. That's really dumb because was, that was one of the things we discussed in that in that episode was I didn't really care about, you know, the death of yeah. Lady Lena because they didn't really show it. Because dynamic. after the death, he was there with it. There yeah. was a specific scene where he was with them, talking to them and basically yeah. consoling them, being like, yo, I'm here for you. And they cut it off. Yeah, and some exactly. things. So, like, if they weren't going to build on the relationship between the two of them, they should have at least built the relationship between him and the kids and show that softer side of him. Of, yeah, you know. because right now, to me, it just seems like he's kind of like an absentee father. Like he's there, but like, right? You know, the mm -hmm. kids are crying their eyes out, and he's out here laughing at the funeral. But at the <laughs> exactly. end of the day, so yeah. th th that's why I still have my hesitations about Damon. But maybe it's just it's just the show. But in this case with Rhaenyra, you can see that there is genuine care there, as it seems to have been in the past as well. Like that's that's some of the theme that we've gotten in the past. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just thought of something. Do you think Damon is like scheming, scheming like hardcore now? Because here's the thing. He now, does it give him more power to his blood and to his name now that he has Valerian blood kids and potentially with Rhaenyra will also have Targaryen blood kids? I mean, I guess. Because, like, they own, you know, they, they control the seas and whatever. And then I, I guess, like, if uh, we, oh, we, we didn't get to that part yet, but with so, a certain someone also out of the picture to carry on the family's legacy, it's now potentially in Damon's hands. Mm -hmm. And then with the Targaryens as well, like, with things going kind yeah. of to shit and Viserys not really knowing what to do with the future of the house, he might opt for that yeah i think it's gonna also depend how these factions break up and like what happens to corliss right and like, yeah what right is now i don't i don't know what corliss yeah what side like, is on what what side is he in man i always forget what what is her name um rain rainice uh corliss's wife yes uh Rhaenys Rhaena? Tar Rhaena targaryen no rainice uh his wife yes. yeah corliss's wife is rainice there we Look go that, bro. i'm a baller <laughs> so rainice and corliss We'll see. I don't know. I think I think what's gonna happen is he's gonna want to mourn, and I have a I have a prediction. I know we didn't get to Leonor, um, but people know at this point. If you're listening, you know that Leonor died or fakes their death. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna think Leonor died, and I think that she's going to start like putting two and two together. Yeah. Um. So we'll see if that means that she ends up on Allison's side instead of. You know, Damon and Rhaenyra's side because if it's not Corliss, it's her. We know she wears the pants. <laughs> yeah. We know in this, yeah. like, in this relationship, she's Rhaenys like and Corliss, the advisor she, of, yeah, of the yeah. family. Well, yeah, oh, but yeah. he he does. He, we we had a scene of them in front of the fire, like having conversation, and she's saying all these things, but he's not really he's not really taking her her advice for it, like her word for it. He he still stands his ground, and and tells her like, you know. I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, I, it feels to me like what she's saying, like he has to believe some of the truth. In it. No, I feel I feel like I feel like Allison might have more of that control over Viserys than Renice does over Corlys. Oh, yeah, I agree with I that. It's a different yeah, relationship that, for sure. I think they're yeah. very different relationships. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I think it, it's going to depend on 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 all of that and how this shakes out. I'm curious to see the next episode now, like where the factions kind of split, because I think there's some key players on the outskirts that were like hmm where yeah. are you because now you have um what is it damon's other wife that passed away you have her house because essentially he has he has her kingdom now or think like that he has an heir he has so, her um heron hall no yeah heron hall. um the veil yeah so how how is her house going to play a role into this how the high tower is going to i mean the high tower is always going to be with allison yeah. but yeah it's I, just interesting i think the issue that we're seeing just just from how this all breaks out at the end i'm i'm feeling like there are more enemies on rhaenyra and damon's side than there are on allison's side like i feel like allison and them have more allies mm. so, at the moment yeah until like if it if the word gets out that she's working with laris on you know basically killing his own family like plotting and scheming but both both sides are screwed mm -hmm. yeah with things coming out like mm -hmm. what they've done but the thing that i'm start, starting to think of now is you know I, I want to know more about this exchange between damon and uh laner like what made it so that they chose to fake his death or you know i, I don't know if he actually like uh if because the conversation that we see 
uh, with him with that with the knight. I don't know if he's named Sir Carl. Yeah, Sir Carl. Uh, is that you know he he gives him coin and says you know he's paying him for a quick death essentially mm-hmm. to to kill Laner. Sure. And um, what we see, we think he dies in mm-hmm. a fire. Mm-hmm. Body is burned alive. We don't know it. if that's intentionally Damon's. Exactly. We don't know if plan, if that's if Damon's that's plan or if that is Sir Carl's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so. Um, either you have the the dynamic of okay, Sir Carl kind of robbed Damon of his coin and decided to protect Laner, or Damon showed mercy and it was showed all a sign a of weakness, and it was a plan all along. Yeah, and it's gonna bite them in the ass later on, and and will basically uh, make them come to the point where they don't show mercy anymore. I think. It's the second one. I think it was a plan all along because the reason why is we know the conversation that Rhaenyra has with Sir Lena. And in that conversation, Rhaenyra basically praises him and shows a lot of respect and love to him and saying like, yo, like you are an honorable man. You are a good man. You're a good father. You just, you know, you weren't allowed to live the life that you wanted to live. Yep. So I think the way that she was speaking to him and her actions towards him and her morals to him sounded like it was a plan all along. Could I be wrong? Yes, but from yeah. what I'm getting from that conversation that happened before, I think it was a plan all along. I mean, to be fair, we also don't know if Rhaenyra's plan and Damon's plan is different. It, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing too: mm-hmm. is like uh, he, she says all of those things about him, but he also tells her in return that he should have been a better father, that she deserves more, mm-hmm. you know, and that he, she deserve uh, deserves a husband that's going to yeah. be by her side, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. So I don't know if that's him being like. I am that person for you. I'm going to stay and I'm going to do this. And then she decides later on to, no, never mind. I'm going to give you what you deserve instead mm-hmm. of you giving me what I deserve. Or you know, or, or if they actually tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, she's I, almost doing him a favor because if he, I'm assuming he's going to move to Essos, right? Like yeah. He's going to. He's going to leave and there he can do whatever he wants and he doesn't have all of this responsibility, which he clearly doesn't care for because he's literally like absent like half the time. So I feel like he if if like, you know, comes full circle, if he comes back into the picture, he might end up supporting Rhaenyra because of the grace that she showed and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you can see that like Rhaenyra wished that she had kids with him because they tried. She said that like. I wish you know, yeah. I, we had kids because I feel like if they did have kids, I feel like the tension and the politics would have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, obviously, having kids with someone else adds more tension and, and more mm-hmm. factions and more into, you know, it just adds more to the to the table. Yeah. Right. And the man sailing away at the end, uh, Laner sailing away at the end with the bald head just reminded me of Grey Worm so much. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I just got flashback. I'm like, oh, my God. Is <laughs> yeah. this man going to be like Grey Worm now? That's funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see like what, which one of those two that we discussed is the truth mm-hmm. of that whole exchange and the reasoning why. Like, there's a reason why they showed us that he's still alive and he's going yeah. away and whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's still gonna play a role in this somehow. Yeah. I just don't know. How, I just don't know what role right. what he's gonna. You know. Yeah. Before we we go back to the whole Rainier and Damon, you know, in the exchange that they make towards you know in the episode, um, I wanna I wanna take a quick uh, conversation not quick but i can this can go longer but um with Amond and now him having a dragon and the sacrifice that he made to get that dragon yeah because first of all that scene was beautiful oh my gosh that was a great scene oh him riding the him dragon. riding the dragon and great. him yeah. being scared to get the dragon and then he gets it and then he takes yep. it oh that was dope but then also he comes back and his cousins confront him right. they're like yo you stole my damn dragon. Like, that's my dragon. It was supposed to be ours. And he got the biggest dragon that there is, mm-hmm. right? Vagar, right? Yeah, Vagar. Vagar is the largest dragon that there is. Yeah. And the most powerful. So that adds even more to the factions because now they got a dragon who who can freaking dragon it up. I don't know if that's even the word. But, you know, <laughs> he's got... <laughs> but, but yeah, so... This man. But that happened and there was a tension where he ended up losing his eye and Luke... Um, takes his eye away. So, fast forward, boom. There's all the family in one room. I think for the first time, they're all in the room, and it's a lot of tension, and they're confronting this tension. And Viserys is pissed off. Yeah. Yo, how are y'all feeling during that? Because that, that that scene was dope. 
what, what, what was your like what was your outcome of it how do you how do you how do you guys see that scene in general um going forward and also when it was happening i think it sets up you know the most tension that we've seen so far and it sets up for the story to go in multiple directions now mm-hmm. also i think it's like it's a it's a the scene alone deserves like an award because mm. it's so well done it's yeah. so well done um and then just seeing like from the very beginning alicent and rhaenyra being the best of friends being together every single day sharing their thoughts with each other and to now seeing Alicent with a blade at Rhaenyra wanting to attack her is just, it's crazy to see how, like, where we've gotten throughout all of this feud and just power for the throne and protecting your, your kids and this, this, and the third. And it, Viserys being angry at the whole thing is like, he's trying to get everybody to get along and stop but i i don't know if he's so blind and it's frustrating it's very frustrating to see and it doesn't like he's dwindling away bro like (laughs) man's gonna die any second i don't think he's blind i think he knows no no yeah yeah, i think he knows that's why i'm blinding in that sense of like bro you have to confront this and he doesn't want to confront it i think he loves his family too much to want to accept it and also, I think he's just so protective of like who his heir is and keeping the Targaryen name intact and stuff to to accept the you know the, the things that are going on in the background. So I have a hot take. Go for it. I think Viserys is a weak ass king. Like no, yeah, on God. I agree. No, I he is. Yeah. is. I think this is just an, another example of it. And I think we throw it back to that um, that first. That conversation that he had with Sir, or no, um, who was his hand um, after Otto left? What was the name? Strong, but what was his first name? Give I don't remember his first name, but yeah. um, Laris's father. But yeah, um, he was. It was Harwin. No, Harwin his brother. Uh, Lan- uh, Lionel. Lionel. Lionel Strong. The conversation he has with Lionel Strong when he's like, "Oh, um, would I be remembered as a good king or whatever?" And someone was like, "Oh." Or, or Lionel was like, you know, it's probably best not to find out if you were in battle or if you were whatever. And it's kind of almost a nice way of him being like, yeah, bro, I don't think you would have done a good job if we went through a war. Or like, I don't think you would have really been the best person to le- lead us through a really hard time. So maybe peace was better. And I think this is an example of that. Like, yeah, this conflict, all he wants to do is put a Band-Aid over it and be like, okay, everyone's fine. Like, respect each other, blah, blah, blah. And also, he's doing this in front of everyone. It's not just the family. Like, there's servants, there's people on the council, there's knights, the 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 king's guard. It, it's everybody. Everybody's here. So he's like blatantly deciding to like everyone kiss and make up right now and like question the kids right now and da 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 da. Instead of like taking them into a room and being like, okay, everyone, shut the hell up. Let me figure this out. He does it all in front of these people. And I think it's just because he's a poor king. He's a poor leader. There are decisions that you have to be able to make. And there's ways that you have to go about things that I don't think he knows how to deal with this kind mm, of conflict. Yeah. Because he's, de- he's dealt with the conflict with Rhaenyra from a young age poorly. He dealt with the conflict of having to try to get a young uh, male heir poorly. He's done everything bad throughout this entire time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just a culmination of like Viserys is trash at being king. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And this is why we're kind of in this this mess because i don't think he should have confronted it the way that he did yeah um in front of all of those people and two he should have nipped it in the butt in a completely different way you can tell the that his poor decision making skills from the very end of episode one yeah where he decides you know to basically do a c-section on his wife and ends up losing both his wife and the uh i don't see that as a really good example because it would have happened anyway no but the thing is i I don't think it the way that I see it, it wasn't going to happen anyway. That's what the maester said. The no, no, the maester said if he went through with that idea, that no, one he of said them, he said if no, if you don't do anything, you'll lose both of them, and if you do something, you could save the kid. That's what well, that's what he said, but I, obviously the maesters have been wrong, yeah, well, time and time again, yeah, through through this. So oh. I don't know. Uh, the The thing is, the thing that I'm trying to get at is the, from that very decision, it it showed greed. It showed greed because he was just trying to protect his heir and his family lineage instead of trying to protect his wife. If I were him, I would have, you know, tried to look at other options, whatever, or gone with the first option. 
but whatever. Clearly, he's blinded to just, I want my name, my family name to continue on the throne, and mm-hmm. that's where his poor decision-making skills come in, come to play. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's a that's a hot take. I think a lot of people agree that yeah. he's he's a bad king. Yeah, yeah, it's not a hot. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Hot take. I think I think I think a lot of people will. I think people hearing this will be in agreement with you. Yeah, um, as well. Yeah, it's he started this yeah. whole shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it's his Pretty doing. Much. It's because all his doing. You know what the poor decision was. Marrying Allison. Allison. That was the worst choice. That was the worst yeah. choice. By that far. was the worst choice. Yeah. And I, I don't know how he didn't like see that coming. He's like, so blind, bro. Like he's so ignorant and he's just like he's all vibes, no thoughts. Like that's literally <laughs> all that it is. He's running off pure vibes. Like he's like, Oh, this young girl's like trying to talk to me and cover me after my wife. All right, I guess she's hot. Let's marry. And then it's like, oh man, they're talking about my kids. Everyone, shut up! Don't talk about that. Yeah, they're they're Targaryen. Everybody, shut up! And well, they don't do anything about it. He, well, yeah, I, I, here's the thing: the the him choosing to marry Alicent, I agree with you on that point. But also, like he he was doing it, I think, to solidify like the fact that he needs to produce an heir. But like he he was letting himself become blind at that point because he had already announced that Rhaenyra is his successor. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't have to remarry and have to have another child to then go and basically have some sort of competition against Rhaenyra for the throne. Mm-hmm. It's he could have just you know if he loved his original wife so much like he said he did he could have just not remarried yeah. again. Yeah, I think. Well, okay, I think the problem with Viserys is he doesn't know how to choose between love and duty, even though he talks about it so much. Because at first, you know. He had this love for his wife. She dies and they give him the very clear option of like, this is the best thing you can do to be king. Mm-hmm. Marry Lady Lena. You will then have, you know, Valerian blood mixed in with Targaryen blood. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't have had to do anything that happened with Rhaenyra that would have saved them. And he chose to go for his heart. Right. And he tells Rhaenyra to do the same thing. Right. Instead of like insisting that she marries a lord within mm-hmm. reason. So it's all kind of just... I see a lot of themes of like love over duty and that happens to him. He sets that example for Rhaenyra and it just trickles down into a mess. In a universe like that, like House of Dragon with so many factions and all about, you know, keeping your heir and your lineage and power. How do you find a balance like that, though, in terms of love and duty? How do you find love, but also have, you know, that mindset where you have to keep the duty and make that uh, uh, a priority, too? So let me put an example for Uh you of people might not like this example (laughs) look at the Lannisters they kept all of their shit in house everything was hush hush the second that someone said something they nipped it in the bud it was like don't even think about saying Mm. my kids are bastards whatever there's incestual relationship that stuff like and they did all of the things that they kind of needed to do mm-hmm. to you know be able to rule with kind of an iron fist yeah you know of course there were pitfalls like all of these houses fall yeah but i think they were you know they tried to operate differently i'm not saying that theirs was the right answer but they operated a little bit differently where it's like all right you can have your heart but at the end of the day you have like tywin Lannister who's like do this do this you don't have a choice and figure it out because he's the cold cold-blooded like yeah this is the duty this is what we do and then you know they get in that mess with but you know it's crazy you bring that up though because this is a prequel right right and this happened and the lannisters came after right mm-hmm. and they're so it's probably like they probably looked back at this house and, and it was and like learn from hell no we're not doing this <laughs> yeah, true. yeah well remember that uh, viserys had one of the lannisters as an option for Rhaenyra yeah. to marry Mm-hmm. So he probably sees this now in hindsight and tells the story to all of his, you know, offspring. Like, yeah. hey, don't fuck around with the Targaryens, Isn't that, that's so, Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not be like them. Yeah, yeah exactly. uh, that's good. But um, staying with Viserys, um, with the whole thing, him as a king. There's a quote from Game of Thrones, the series, where he says, "Any king who says I am your king is a bad king, or something like that. He doesn't need to profess." that he is your king mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. that you're the king but you continually saying i am your king i have the power i don't think shows that you're doing your job pretty well yeah and also we see this man is aging re- like fast yo <laughs> shocked this man is still kicking i would say that's probably the, the wisest words that he says that's like the one like good thing about him 
it, uh, about Viserys because I feel like everybody. Oh, when he says I am your king. No, no, no. You said that you he doesn't. No, he didn't have to say, say that, it, right? What he didn't say the the quote about any good king. No, no, he doesn't say that. Viserys oh, oh. always says, "I am your king." That's why I think that's why it's bad for him to be oh, okay, saying that. Okay, okay. Because it, it shows it shows a side of him that mm, he might be insecure with the power that he has, mm -hmm. and he might be insecure on how he he runs this whole show. You know yeah. what I mean? But so does so will everyone. Every yeah, that one hundred percent uh, that is in line to potentially take his power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all going to be similar to him in that way. And also you can see that sitting on the Iron Throne, I feel like if you're not fit, it's going to break you to pieces. Yeah. And it's breaking him to pieces. I think yeah. out of <clears throat> the entire like world of Game of Thrones that we've seen, the the king that would be the most humble would have been Jon Snow. Uh, like in, in terms of, you know, not... Bran, bro. No, well, there's Bran too. But <laughs> even, even Bran, I think, had his moments yeah. where, you know, Jon Snow was just a very likable guy and very humble and never let any of that stuff get to his head yeah so i think yeah brand too i know we'll get we'll have an episode where we talk about <laughs> where we talk about if that was the right choice but uh, uh but remaining in that scene there was a there was something another a lot of stuff going on but allison demanding demanding to take uh luke's eye off because of you know he deserves it you know you got you to an eye for an eye basically yeah um and then obviously getting stopped and then her rushing at um, the kid and then Rania stopping it and being like, damn, like this is the end of their, their friendship. Like, mm -hmm. They're done here. Like there is no, like, there is no hope for them. Yeah, no, there was no, like, right there. You're like, oh, so it's starting now. Like yeah. it's a war now. And I feel like the war began because Eamon said something so interesting. He's like, yeah, I lost my eye. But bro, I gained the best dragon that there is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah basically saying it was worth the sacrifice yeah. mm -hmm. and it's really interesting i mean uh, i'd love to have i don't i don't think we have enough time for this but i'd love to talk about the kids because i know they're they're going to play a big role now i think um, next episode i think as the episodes come we'll see them more yeah and we can dive into it yeah uh, but just on Eamon's progression because he seemed like the sweet one yeah in the yeah. earlier episodes when they were first kind of getting like dragon lessons and learning how to like approach the dragon and whatever he kind of seemed like the sweet one um in like between the two brothers and you could see that Egon would pick on him and like bully him basically and I think that his progression is due to that and because he was bullied and picked on now he's like feeling like he has to take charge and like be this big you know um person yeah so that's why he's out here like being aggressive taking the dragon not having any remorse for what he's he's doing and basically just like contributing now to the war between um his family and Rhaenyra's family mm -hmm. But uh, you you can see that Allison also has a role in that because she yeah. and, you know she voice she voices a lot of stuff into them and tells yeah. them a lot of things, and you can you know why she told them that you know her cousins are their cousins are bastards right, right? And, and I think that the tension between the kids is some of the best that we've seen yeah to be honest but it's starting like, because of because of you know their mother and father yeah. you know the mother the the adults are the ones who are influencing them right and they're being like yo watch out watch out da, da, da. like yo these are your cousins like, this is family and you see that happening it's like yeah you have no hope for this family you know that they're gonna start hating one another yeah and it's see it's like dang like these are innocent kids mm -hmm. who are in this in this role who have now been influenced by their parents to fight one another because of power yeah and that's crazy yeah i'm excited for that because now it feels now it feels a lot more personal mm. like now i start to you start to put together the family dynamics and the players and you know who's related to who and why this person's pissed off at this person and i think now the relationship with the kids is going to be where i start to be able to buy into characters and like feel connected to characters because yeah. yeah i think one of the dynamics that i really loved in game of thrones was the infighting between the lannisters like with Tyrion and like his relationship with um jamie and how it's different from his relationship with his dad and with cersei so like i feel like there's there might be a dynamic like that here right like one of them is going to be a sympathizer and yeah. try to make peace or whatever it's probably going to be helena because she you know 
has visions and she seems kind of removed from the drama but she also kind of knows everything that's going to happen so it's yeah just i was gonna scary. say i was gonna say let's not miss the uh the quiet character that people yeah. tend to miss is yeah. Helena because she's uh she's gonna be interesting I'm, I'm excited to see her she is her like, growing up and what happens with her she's basically like low-key just saying out prophecies to herself yeah that come true one thing that i did see on twitter um that people were kind of pointing out is that like they always wear green um whenever they're out like the high towers family and in the next um episode they did like the sneak peek and she's like the only one not wearing green so mm. i feel like there might be some oh, direct she... like pointing out of like she's separate from like she's within yeah. this family, but she might be, you know, kind of a neutral. And you can see she has no connection whatsoever to her mother. No, no. Like her mother doesn't even try. No, her mother just kind of looks down. Was, on her. Yeah, Allison's like, oh, you're different. Yeah, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. You're growing yeah. up someday. That's messed up. <laughs> she's <laughs> almost starting to feel like the Brennan Stark character of this, of this series, just because it, it, you you can tell that she has some sort of special like supernatural ability. You yeah. just don't know what it, exactly it is yet, but you know that she can basically tell mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, yeah. she'll she'll you be know. the brand of this of this, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, but she called the very specific fact of you know she was kind of like playing with the spider, and then um, uh, Allison was comforting Eamon and saying you know you'll get a dragon, and then Helena says. He'll have to lose an eye, or have to. He'll have to close an eye. Um, and, and that like, was the episode before. That was yeah. the episode before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just like completely, you know, disregarded that because we're like, okay, this girl's crazy. Like, saying <laughs> random stuff. But you know, to confront his cousins, Eamon had to be like, "This is my dragon, whatever," and that's what caused him to lose the eye. So yeah. clearly, she has some power of seeing the future, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Can I just read her prophecy that she said in this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. She says, hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh, weaving dragons of thread. I don't know what the hell that means. I think she's alluding. So it's team. So again, we got it. So it's team black and team green. Mm -hmm. I get that. Team black is Rhaenyra and and team green is Allison. Yeah. And she's alluding that like, yo, dragons are going to fight dragons. Um, It's going to be a bloodbath. I think that's what I'm understanding. Yeah. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm getting from. The first thing she says is hand turns loom. I don't know if she means literal hand because you know Viserys has been like losing his fingers or whatever, losing his hand. So like Mm -hmm. he dies or the hand of the king, something exposed through the hand of the king through Otto Hightower. Maybe he's Uh, just saying someone's kind of pulling the strings, kind of knitting this all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you you got... uh, could be auto spool of green spool of black that makes sense with the way you said david dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread i don't know i don't i don't know what that part means dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread thread as in like clothing or something but oh it's killing probably no what if she means like dra- okay so dragons of flesh are the actual dragons and mm-hmm. dragons of thread are the targaryens that's what i was thinking right so it could like, be like the flag or like the clothes they wear so them weaving dragons of thread i don't know i don't know if that means like the dragons turn on the targaryens or if they i don't know that's why i'm I, saying dragons will fight dragons right right that yeah that makes sense yeah because you know later on in game of thrones like the the dragons are basically extinct Mm -hmm. the family loses them yeah uh she's able to get uh daenerys is able to get like one dragon egg Mm -hmm. to hatch Mm -hmm. you know yeah we'll see yeah we will see all right so after the whole scene took place we get a glimpse of alicent talking to her father again and, and Otto being like yo show this side even more and I'm glad your son did that because we have the most powerful dragon now on our side. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yo, keep your head up because that was good. Yeah. It's very interesting because he's like, I don't know. I feel like Otto is definitely scheming, but a lot of times like the things that he tries to do, like he's doing it with a purpose. He's not like being shady about it. It's so, like he's directly telling Allison now, like we're in this together. You're part of this. It's basically us against the world. And we have to, you know, we have to play this game and it's a dirty game, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we gotta, we gotta be who we gotta be to come out on top. So, uh, it's very interesting to see how their dynamic has changed. Um, 
because I think that she was kind of afraid of her father a little bit and a little bit, you know, hesitant to listen to him in the beginning episodes of this season. Mm-hmm. And now she's almost like an extension of him. Yeah. So. Can I just like go back on yeah, that yeah, quote go real quick? Uh, so the dragons of flesh and dragons of thread thing I'm uh-huh. reading on like on screen rant and it's pretty clever. Dragons of uh, flesh, they mean the as in as in Alicent and Viserys' kids because they are actual Targaryens of blood and dragons of thread are the are Rhaenyra's kids with uh with Harwin Strong because they're only Targaryen by by thread technically like they don't have the blood ah, of the, the king they, okay. they only wear the, the thing like they no but that's kind of BS because she's the Targaryen she's one. a Targaryen but she's not a man she does not hold she doesn't hold the uh the the authority basically the man to, that takes the name the man yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to, to take, hold the throne the name of your father so like that's why in this whole time like her legitimacy of like being his successor is in question and he's like Viserys is kind of like letting that mess with his head mm. um, because of the fact that she's a woman. But the fact that he is a man, he is the king, and he has offspring that are men, they are going to be first in line for the throne mm-hmm. over yeah, her. Maybe it could be. So basically, like, it's kind of like almost saying like her her kids, Targaryens, are kind of phony in mm. a way. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. And also, you know, the kid, the, the, uh, Allison's kids called them bastards, so you already see them basically yeah. calling them phony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I love these little like prophecy things that they they yeah. drop. Hey, I'm gonna be watching there. every episode now to just watch what Helena says. <laughs> pretty <laughs> yeah, much, I think. Pretty I much, I think it makes you pay more attention to that now. That I mean. that the prophecy side of Game of Thrones, I think, was one of the more the most interesting elements to always look mm-hmm. forward to. Uh, and it's some, it's interesting how people just overlook it. Like you just. Because yeah. you're watching so much and you just yeah. forget about it. And there was so and you go back. The, thing, like, the thing that I really hope with this show is that they go through with it because there were so many missed prophecies in the original series that they just chose not to explore. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like the Azor High prophecy. Do you remember that one? Mm, not by name, no. Yeah. So uh, from what I remember, it's like the Azor High prophecy is like a it's kind of like a prophecy of a messiah coming to rescue the people and whatever and then uh like come to save all and essentially like well well actually they went through with that i was gonna say say it was was john snow because it says like at the end that he uh kills his lover or whatever but there there are there there are other prophecies that they missed i don't know them right now but if i do a google search we could spend an entire episode on this if I do a Google search, there are many, many, many prophecies okay. in the book that they skipped nice. over and that they showed in the show. Like they would even have um, uh, the witch lady, I forget her name now, um, basically say cer- certain stuff. And then the red it, lady. Yeah. And, and it just wouldn't come to fruition wow. later on. <laughs> glaze right over it. All right. But continuing with, uh, with this episode, um, we all know what happens. We get a marriage. Right, mm-hmm. final happens. We get a marriage and a good one because no one died. <laughs> you know why? Because they had it in secret. Yeah. Don't do <laughs> a big, this. Is just, this is just a sign. Don't do a big one. No one died, but blood was still shed because it was kind of some emo shit. Like yeah. Yeah. Really, that was a sacrifice. Like hey, we got to do this little blood pack thing so nobody mm-hmm. dies. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was interesting. <laughs> but that happened, and then um, we knew that okay, it's about to go down. And I, I thought that that ceremony was dope. I thought it obviously very gothic, like Charlie yeah. said, but it was a it was a very like that was well loved shot. the way it was shot, yeah, the well way shot. it was presented, and you can see that yo these two are happy. They're ha- for now. It lo- for ha- for now. For now, it looks it looks <laughs> genuine. It looks really genuine. Yeah, and I think obviously it might be a power play, but I also I think it's a power play for love too. Like they genuinely love one another. Yeah. I'm very curious to see now what happens. The dynamic that I'm most interested in is now, like, kids-wise, what happens. Because they're going to have kids. Yeah. No, this is going to fall. I think this is going to go fall down to the kids, right? Yeah. It's going to be a Keep in mind, the next episode is another time jump for the kids. For the kids, yeah. And we'll see them be older. Um, Obviously, we've already seen that in the preview. But I want to... I think I'm most curious now about... uh, Aemon's or no Aegon Aegon's character because at first he kind of seemed like you know the the mean bully one whatever but then 
it almost seemed like he was the more mature one in the preview. He's like telling people to settle down or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't remember if that was him or if that was uh, or if that was Eamon, his brother. Maybe um, he he probably gonna he's probably gonna come to the sentence and being like, "Yo, I should be in the throne, not Rhaenyra." Stuff like that because we all yeah. know that what's gonna happen. It's gonna be him. But we know it's gonna be him battling for the throne because his mom Alicent keeps spewing at him like, "Yo, you right. are you are the heir. It's yeah, not Rhaenyra. he's first in line. He, yeah, yeah, it's like it's you." It's it's still like boggles my mind that like Allison's kids are Rhaenyra's siblings. Like I still have to like wrap my head. Around. That's your best. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's your best friend. They're half brothers. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. So. Weird. But yeah, and then at the end, Sir Laner goes off, live happily ever after. What's we hope. Girl? Or maybe or not, because yeah, we, know we don't know. Happily ever after endings in Game Thing of Thrones, Thrones comes is, very rarely. Yeah, so I think the he only definitely person, has to be coming back. Who's the only? There's only probably like one character that has a happy ending. In end of Game of Thrones. I think it's Sam Tyrion. Tyrion? Who does? Where does Tyrion go? His, all, all his family. Hand of the yeah. king. Huh? Becomes hand of the king. Oh yeah, he becomes hand of the king. But I'm saying, yeah, okay, that's fine. If Bran is a good king, and Jon Snow know. goes back to the wild. That's not a happy ending, though. He had yeah. to kill his but love. We're getting a Jon Snow show soon, so. so we'll see if he's happy. We'll see. We are. Happy. We got a poster for it. Yeah. I sent it to you guys yeah. this week. So we'll see what happens. But that's gonna be fun. But y'all, wow, what a what a great discussion that we had. Um, that was the best episode so far, and I can't wait to keep having these discussions because I feel like the show is just going to get better, and it's just gonna pick up even more. I know I, we keep saying this all the time, but it just that's Game of Thrones and House of Dragon. It just picks up and picks up and picks up. But y'all, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We can't wait to watch Sunday again and have another discussion because we are excited, y'all. Love you guys. See you soon.